I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, Grapple fans. Welcome to episode 101 of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. So episode 101, and we have decided to do a Room 101-inspired show. So let's see how it goes. We did send out on Twitter for uh, some of your suggestions, and we have got plenty to discuss from them uh mixed in with myself and the one and only guy drinkle welcome on guy good to be back as always andy i, I like the format of the show because we can just vent about what's crap in pro wrestling and it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we literally have a justification to whine piss and moan our way through the next five minutes <laughs> yeah we we like nothing nothing better than to moan and complain and um this this is a good it's it's a good it's a good bit of fun all those things you i mean unless you've seen it room 101 basically um go through pick out some things that they would get rid of what would you send to room 101 so we're doing the, the WWE themed one. So stuff that you would get rid of. Um, it could be now, it can be historical. And we certainly got a mix of the now and historical uh, from our suggestions from some of the listeners. Uh, some really, really good ones in there. So I do think this is going to be fun. But I'm going to, Guy, I'm going to kick us off with my first suggestion. And I'm sure this is not a surprise to you. But the first thing that I would send to Room 101 is the B team. Yeah, I, I I I don't see why Andy. They're great. <laughs> that catchy tune. Oh God, is that the worst thing? Mm, possibly. No, maybe not the the worst thing, but it certainly adds another layer of crapness to if they, it. If the if they didn't get the championship so quickly, that the song would definitely be the worst thing. Hundred percent. Quite possibly. I, I don't know what it is. I think <clears throat> I think there was a point maybe a few years ago that I thought um, Curtis Axel, whose real no, uh, real name, of course, is Joe Hennig, uh, Mr. Perfect Son, everybody knows that. I, I thought there was a maybe there was a possibility there to relaunch him and repackage him just in his own real name and make him like a legitimate style, <laughs> almost like a shoot fighter style, you know, 
as some way of, of creating a serious character after he'd been a bit of a jobber. Mm. But rather than that, we get <clears throat> reincarnations of, of like comedy characters. Uh, and I do look, I like comedy when it's done well. Uh, and some of my favorite moments throughout WWE, the likes of, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin sitting down with Kurt Angle, them two doing skits together, singing. That, I mean, that was comedy and it was funny and I enjoyed it because it was, it was well crafted. It was well put together. It was well delivered and it wasn't too much and it wasn't shoved down your throat. And that's the thing now is it's too much comedy, too much forced comedy to the point where I think too many, too many wrestlers are presented purely as comic characters and you can't take them seriously. And this is the thing. And then these comic, these, these guys that you're not supposed to take seriously are beating teams or beating performers who are supposed to be real contenders. And it's just, for me, it's the whole package around that is just really poor. And this, this whole thing with the B team, it was just this joke that in the process kind of buried the tag team division on raw. And I just, I just hated it <laughs> from start to finish. Hated it. They've had the titles took off them now. Thankfully, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen raw, but I still, for me, B team, I just, I just don't need to see this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was, it was a good few steps too far, giving them the titles and stuff like that, wasn't it? And then furthermore, burying the revival again, as I think we said a, a few shows ago, putting, putting that final nail in the coffin. Um, yeah, I, I can fully see why B team sh- should go in. Um, they just, I quite like them. I, I quite like them, but what the package does now, it's just kind of annoying. Just a bit too much, and I, I think it is the entrance music for me as well because that's the worst song ever made. <laughs> entrance music is definitely the worst song ever made. Yeah, um, it's it is embarrassing, it, you know that. In this, I don't know, in this day and age, it just feels really, really embarrassing. Uh, for me, though, it's like the comedy works when it's mixed in. You know, you've yeah. got elements of comedy, but the character can turn, you know, so that you don't see them as a complete joke because then it's the perception being that if they're a complete joke, what does that say about the people that they're beating? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if the, I, I think the most important thing you said there is when it's worked in. Um, let's take Team Helmo as an example. They were quite funny, but you had Kane who's who was previously a WWE champion, I think. It was before Brian was a WWE champion, but he was still a world heavyweight champ and a US champ at that stage. Um, so they had legitimacy, and they could pull off the comedy. Whereas these, you've got Curtis Axel, who won an Intercontinental title, and Bo was an NXT champion. But on the main roster, they've only been really booked as just comedy acts or sidekicks or security for the Miz pretty much for most yeah. of the time. That's it. You've you've been conditioned to not take them seriously. Yeah. For too long. Yeah. You know, for for me, for them to to change that is they've they've got to go away off screen. Yeah. And that's uh, some people need that. Some people just need that time away so they can come back 
I think and the only you way know, you fix it is putting on good matches as well. Not having titles put on you within a month. How, yeah, have, and, have good matches. First. Yeah, they're, they're not the best. Anyway, I could, I could go go on about my um, d- disdain for B-team forever in a day, but... Uh, we we need to move on. So come on then, guy. What is your first uh, your first nomination for Room One Hundred One? It's perhaps a little less specific than yours, but I'm gonna say mixed tag team matches because I mean, other than the only good one I can think of is Ronda Rousey's debut, but that wasn't really that wasn't really a tag team match, was it? Let's be honest, that was just an absolute. Car, a good car crash of a match. It was just mental. Whereas with mixed tag team matches, we've seen top ones like Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki. We're going to see Brian and we're going to see that match, but with Brian and Bree. I, I don't see who it helps. It, it's not going to improve the spectacle of the match. It's it's going to make it a lot worse. Let's be honest. And. <sighs> It's just it it just takes away from the whole event because I mean most of the time it it's just see like tag team wrestling especially on TV when it's on pay per view it's not it doesn't get the airtime it deserves so it kind of gets a bit formulaic and stuff like that and when it's a mixed tag team match you could, there's always that formula where the the face bloke getting battered and then the face woman always helps out at the end. That seems to be that seems to be ninety five percent of the matches in that regard, and it's just shit. It's just awful. It doesn't add anything to any feuds. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of like two singles matches running alongside yeah. each other, and, yeah. but they can't really properly intertwine because the guys are not allowed to hit the women, and yeah. the women can are supposed to get I don't know like a a push, uh, I don't know, a pop, whatever it is, you know, from from striking, from striking the, the men, yeah. from the fame, uh, from striking one of the men. So it's like it's just um, it's just a mishmash of You've, I don't know. It, it's just yeah, they're, they're not they're just not good to watch, look, and they don't at, really at, do much. Look at Almas now. Look at him. He, I know, I know, he's had some good singles match and stuff, but this the mixed tag team stuff. He's been in with with Rusev and Lana. That's killed all of them. I oh yeah, absolutely. I know, on, I know he's gone on to fight Brian a couple of times, but he's lost. He, one was a no contest, and one was he lost. It's just, ugh, it's just, it just, it's just a proper car. It just kills all momentum, and I just, it just, I've never really, I've never really saw the point. Yeah, that that the you're absolutely right there. The, the mixed tag team stuff has really not helped Almas. Uh, putting a microphone in his hand has really hurt him as well. Mm. You know what what helped in NXT helped get him across from being I don't know what a bit of a journeyman sort of career yeah. into suddenly becoming a bona fide main eventer was he said nothing really. Uh, it just put on. Kick-ass matches, and Zelina Vega did all the talking. Yeah. Now he's been very, very quickly transformed into a lower mid-carder. <laughs> and, um, and well, well, we'll probably get onto some of the. I imagine we'll get onto some of the treatment of NXT people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert: um, NXT yeah, spoiler is going to come up at some point yeah. because 
I mean, I'm sure we'll cover it in various other guises, but um, let's let's get a couple of suggestions uh, from from our listeners on Twitter. Anyway, um, I'll start off with with Ali Thompson because he gave us a few short, uh, sharp ones, and you still got it. And this is awesome, chance. Uh, and now I like that because the this is awesome, chance. Sometimes they are justified. You know, say, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes into an incredible sequence, mm. you know, of a match, then it's justified. But so often we get this is awesome chance, um, after like 30 seconds or after two, you know, two moves. And it's like, no, no, stop saying, stop saying that, stop saying that. And, and you still got it. Um, I worry because sometimes those chants are aimed at people who don't still have it. And <laughs> uh, it's only encouraging WWE to keep bringing back people who are in their mid fifties or, or in their fifties or above. And, and it, I just don't need to see that. Um, where, where do you stand on, on the, you still got it. And this is awesome chance. Um, I, I think, I think I'm similar to you in the right circumstances, the brilliant in the wrong circumstances. It's just a bit cringy. I quite like the fight for everyone, because that always seems to break out at the peak of matches, as you said. So I like the fight for everyone. I know it's a bit different to the ones Ali's mentioned. But uh, yeah, the, t- the two common ones he's mentioned there, it, it all depends on the on the uh, situation in the match and stuff like that. But I, I, I see where he's coming from. It does get a bit cringy quite quickly sometimes. And uh, you've still got it when Trish Stratus does like, one move and probably mm. Let, if we if we look a bit towards evolution, when like Nikki Bella fucks up a move or Brie Bella fucks up a move, which we've seen on TV recently, haven't we? <laughs> um, yes, uh, yeah, we had lots get, of it. Yeah, they're probably gonna get get the st- you've still got it chant. You still got it. What I want to hear is you never had it. <laughs> you never had it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the 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 one that annoyed me, I think, was was the Shane McMahon. You still got it, and I'm thinking. Still got what? You're still mental. <laughs> You're still a stunt man. You're still a stunt man. Uh, Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, another good one from Ali T. And I was actually thinking about this one myself, The Undertaker. Now, I was I was always a big fan of The Undertaker for years and years and years. Loved him, obviously, in his different guises, the things that he's done. This guy is a legend of the business one of the greatest ever without a shadow of a doubt but i've got to say guy the last two possibly three years have been uncomfortable to watch and certainly last year um and i have got no appetite whatsoever to see him in action anymore i don't need to see that please i feel like just leave it retire let us have the memories of some of the fantastic matches and moments that you've put on throughout a career. Don't kind of tarnish it where we're all there by the memory have is at the end where he could barely sort of get around the ring probably. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I, I was kind of, I was going to bring up the undertaker for, a, for, for different circumstances, but we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, I can, I can, I fully agree to be honest. I mean, this super showdown thing in Australia. I mean, it's great for Australian fans because I doubt they'll, they'll, they'll 
Um, I think this is the first big event there, isn't it? So it's great for them to see two of the legends of the last 20-odd years. But did you really want to see 55-year-old men fight, or 50-odd-year-old men fight each other? I know Triple H is still in decent nick, but Undertaker, he's had so many surgeries, and since that Roman Reigns one, he's just looked over the hit. I know Brock Lesnar, he didn't look great either, but the Roman Reigns one especially, he just looked buggered. Yeah, the, the Brock Lesnar one he could kind of get away with, because the style that they, they worked in that match wasn't too demanding and you can get through that but mm. since then yeah it, you know the look Reigns goes at a fast kind of style and, and it you know obviously a much more fluid style and it's it, it really showed up and it was it was just for me it was uncomfortable I mean what 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 do we get next you know is it Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat you know, do we? Well, there do was rumours Hulk Hogan was. There was rumours Hulk Hogan was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. You know, Hulk Hogan doing the big boot to people who had, who would have to lay on the floor because he can't lift his foot six inches off the ground. You well, know, it, be the leg draw. <laughs> yeah. All, all these matches that you didn't get to see in the eighties and maybe some of the nineties, we're going to give them to you now, twenty-five and thirty years later. No. Sting versus Hogan. <laughs> yeah so Ali thanks for that one <laughs> yeah <clears throat> we're, we're definitely yeah, on, on side with that I've I've got one myself that I wanted to bring up and it's it's long been a big thing for me and it was um, it, it was part of a suggestion from uh, 87 who's at WWFL uh, F sorry at WWF LFC if I can even say that uh, three person commentary um, mm. I, I'm, I'm definitely online with chucking that in the bin for a long, long time. The three-person commentary booth, I, I hate it because it's, it's, there's no fluidity to it. It's just patched up conversations, bits and pieces here, there. Um, you've got play-by-play, someone trying to add in the color commentary, and then somebody else trying to chip in with, you know, and sounding like they're actually part of this and it, it it never flows for me it never ever flows the greatest commentaries have always been that when you've got two people side by side and it's <clears throat> it's that conversation going on and you think of the great commentary teams you've got obviously you've got uh, jim ross and and the king jerry lawler them two together bobby heenan and gorilla monsoon for me you know just really great sort of dynamics and it worked and it was a back and forth back and forth because it, it felt real it was two people together interacting and i think it really loses something when you've got three there and i don't know what this thing is where everything's got to be three person commentary because it really really doesn't work for me and it doesn't for me it, it takes a little bit off the match because the commentary there is to it's add something to a match. You know, you can have a great match and the commentary can help make it, it you know, so, uh, just something else. It take like an add, add another layer to it. it can, and a really, you know, great commentary can, can take a, a good match and, and help to make it great. I think so for me, yeah, three person commentary booth, definitely in, in one on one. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's a brilliant show to be honest. Um, it's, it's just awful. Um, I think it's worse on Raw because the third member tends to be a bit shit. Um, I've quite liked 
Oh, what's her name? What's Dean's missus called? Um. Oh my word! Yet yeah. <laughs> neighbours just popped out. Good of my... God! Yeah, yeah I... we, we'll have to uh... <laughs> take a brief intermission. <laughs> Renee Young. Renee Young. Yes. Yeah, I've quite, I've quite liked Renee Young. I, I think she she's very good. Yeah, she's she, I think good. she's still a bit green in the role, but she definitely adds something compared to. Well, I think Coach has made Booker T look good, um, to be fair. Yeah, Coach, I mean, Booker Coach T is was a... awful. The Coach, oh my word. He, uh. He had just, I, that, that's, that's been a ter- I, terrible I, experiment. I don't know if he was always this bad, but I had, I had positive memories of him, and yeah, the, I, I must have been too young to remember properly, because he is awful now. I mean, it may be just out of touch with it now, but. Good God, um, he is simply awful on that. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think I've got to say, sorry, is on SmackDown, uh, Byron Saxton has took a long, it's took a while, but I think mm, he's gradually bad. grown into that, and that that's the closest I think you get to that three-person dynamic actually working. Yeah, and that probably goes back to Corey Graves and Byron Saxton, you know, commentating with each other oh, before. And that is, I think that's the closest we've got to that three-person commentary team actually working in any any way. Because then I when think they the get NXT one's getting there as well. I think Percy's a bit of an empty chair, but it's better yeah, than having someone who's shit at yeah. the job. It doesn't really add much. Yeah, but he is. I mean, NXT's got Maro. I mean, you could just have him on his own. <laughs> <laughs> you could have him on his own, and it'd be perfect. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely we're on board. 87, we're on board with the three-person commentary team. Um, he also uh, puts in here as well, um, Kevin Dunn and the main roster outdated sets. Um, what says you that? Because no, actually, interestingly on this, that was something I forgot to mention when we uh, we did our review on SummerSlam. Um when they came out on stage, to me, it just looked like another Raw or SmackDown set. It didn't, you know, SummerSlam was like WrestleMania has a very special set. SummerSlam is supposed to be this special event, and it didn't kind of feel special because it just looked like any other show when the guys were coming out. I don't know if that's to make try and make Raw not Raw. Uh, if that is that to make WrestleMania seem extra special, or, or possible. Yeah, well, that was the other one. Or if they just can't afford putting on too many big shows. Oh, well, obviously, they've got to uh, fund Australia. I imagine they didn't have to spend too much on Saudi Arabia. Something just telling me there in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder what could be telling you that. Yeah, just a bit of an inkling there. They didn't have much problems with money in Saudi Arabia. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's weird, it's weird, it's weird. Um, but in terms of the, in terms of the old school people, um, yeah, it does seem to get a bit outdated, um, very quickly. And I, I think, um, oh, what's Nat, what's Natty's husband called? God, what the hell's wrong with me today? Oh, T, oh, well, his real name's TJ, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even remember what his, uh, I honestly can't remember we'll, we'll what go, his we'll wrestling name is. Every, everyone knows who he is. Yeah, but uh, I think he I think he did one of the better matches on Raw, and I think we, I remember us talking about it on here. 
and I think he got some prompts on Twitter from some of the big accounts who, who know all this stuff, and he's obviously retired due to injury, which is obviously a big shame, but these uh, these young these young people who may be a bit more modern, I, I think that's the way to go in terms of bookers and, um, and stuff like that, and I'm not sure what's happening with Matt Hardy, but he he might be he might be want to go into that as well. Cause I, I think there's rumours about him finishing up, or he's not been on telly anyway. Um, and no, he does have uh, injury issues, doesn't he? Yeah, and it, if you've seen his Twitter, Andy, it looks like he's uh, thanking people for for the years of support and stuff like that quite often. Mm. And and Bray Wyatt's back to doing Bray Wyatt things, so. Um, Oh, maybe great. Matt Hardy, maybe Matt Hardy's one of them ones who can modernise it a bit because obviously with him in the Indies he brought something very, very brilliant and um, so alternative and it, it yeah, got he, really well. So he's, I think he's, it'd be perfect for that. Yeah, he's, he's certainly um, a creative mind. The the only <laughs> thing I would looking at <laughs> yeah, the, you know he is very creative. The only the, the only concern I'd have is. Um, how much creativity he can actually get out because mm. because of the format and the way that you know the writing and everything like that it's it just gets broken down and shut down and we ended up with a with a watered down version of everything. So we're uh, just gonna put Vince in room one or what? <laughs> well, uh, well, not entirely. That we can't just we can't do that because we're watching his product after all. True. So there has to be something that hooks us in, but. Yeah, there are so many things to uh, to change on it. Uh, not, one last one from 87 was um, women hugging each other like ninnies after big women's wrestling announcements. Um, I, I, I know I kind of know what he means in that mm. it kind of breaks a kayfabe at times. You know, we're supposed to have kayfabe, then we don't have it, then we do have it, then we don't have it. And then it, it's the same with social media. One minute they're all, you know, they're break kayfabe. They're the person behind the character. Then the next minute they're uh, putting out promos basically via Twitter. And it's like, you know, can you just pick which way you're going to go and stay there? And, and this whole thing, yeah, it's, I, I, I think I, I get what he means. What, what about yourself? I'd kind of disagree with it, especially in women's wrestling. Um, I think. I imagine he's referring to the evolution announcement where all of them were were hugging each other and very happy, and it, it didn't matter what character it was. I'd, I'd imagine that was, unless something's happened recently that I've missed. Um, but I think for women wrestling, especially the announcement of evolution and how it how it's been seriously looked at, well, in some sectors, um, it, it's a very it's a very big step to be fair and I could, I could see why I could understand and I imagine everyone understands why they're allowed to break kayfabe in that moment and um, yeah I, I kind of disagree I don't it, there's not really any format everything just going in room 101 but I wouldn't have that in room 101 because uh, I think it's understandable given the circumstances mm, okay I, I, I'll take that one first one that uh, we disagreed on okay then um, one from Nathan Stoker, our friend Nathan. Carmella screeching through the match. Yeah, get him room one on one. Yes, absolutely straight there. In fact, I'll send it by registered delivery just to make sure it got there. Yeah, uh, that's that. That has been uh, one straight of those. To BBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Not but not being a fan of Carmella's title run. Um. Thankfully, it's off uh, that whole. 
she was good for a, for a period because the way she portrayed a character and the talking and everything, but in the ring with the title, it didn't work for me. And the screeching and yelling stuff, I, I really don't like that. And that's not just from Carmella, I just don't like that. Yeah, I, I, annoying characters have their place, but do you really have to do it during matches? I can skip a promo. <laughs> I don't have to listen to promos. The matches you kind of have to watch, and to make them very, very annoying, it's just a bit too much. And um, I think it cheapens the talent, to be honest, because Carmella obviously is talented, and she's a, I think she's a developing talent. Um, but she just... That, the way she was booked, it was just annoying, and I think it just put everyone off her. And then they panicked and brought Ellsworth back, didn't they? Which didn't help. Mm. Um, yeah, that worked out well. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think in this certain instance, at this moment, yeah, just straight in the bin. Absolutely, in the bin. Room 101. It is another one from Nathan, and, and I, I like this one as well. Um, let let uh, let the guys and girls who can talk do their own stuff. Scripted promos are half the issue with current storylines, and and I think I think there's there's long been a problem with this. I think that the promos have become over scripted. You know, there's always been some kind of a script, you know, basis to work from. Obviously, very few guys can just go out there and ad lib and, and do it because obviously there's. A pressure there's a whole audience there and you've got to keep to a storyline and everything like that but they over scripting at times it's so apparent you know where they get so far through the lines the crowd are chanting and then they they restart where they where they remember they got up to within <laughs> their script and it it really doesn't help and and i and i can think of things like at the moment is the the aj styles and Samoa joe thing um Samoa joe's killing it He's brilliant, you know. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> I mean, even that, it's just the way he's doing things. He's he's brilliant. The AJ Styles side of it, it doesn't feel legitimate. Mm. And and I think that is the thing is he's he's basically regurgitating a script and it doesn't feel legitimate. And I think you could you could kind of label that with so many wrestlers that it's so obvious that they are reading out a script and it doesn't it just doesn't feel right and uh it yeah <laughs> i'm with nathan what, what about yourself yeah script i think scripting's obviously a big part of it because not all talents are natural but i think i think you used a, a good example there with with um with joe and aj i think Probably, pro, I don't, I wouldn't say weakness of ages, but it's not his strength, shall we say. Um, but the, I think this, the storyline they're currently doing, it's obviously meant to be very personal and stuff like that. And as you said, Joe's absolutely nailing it. And AJ's just like, yeah, I'll hurt you. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's very. It, you can, you can. That, that. I think that's the big difference. People can deliver a script on their own, and some people are just parrots, aren't they? Uh, and the parrots, unless they're very good at, in the ring. I'm not. I'm not calling AJ a parrot, by the way. Um, the parrots have to be very good in the ring to get away with it, or they have to be Vince's little love child, <coughs> Roman. Um, um, and 
some people just can't don't get the opportunity because I think I think we've said that we've um, we've said this many times. Kevin Owens is suffering from a horrendous booking, and he looks like he's going to fight Bobby Lashley. <clears throat> oh yeah, like Yay. that's yeah, that's really going to help him. Yeah, again, you know, you that, that's it. You've pro, got you got the best promo in the in the company against the world's most boring man. Who's losing that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, that's that's it. You, you've got people who they can. Who in, who in the company who can really talk? It is such a strong point of the game, and even you know, as as some you know, some of the guys from from even for like from Attitude Era would go through. You know that they they came through in an era where because they had to go out to independent places and they had to go to radio stations and everywhere here, there, and everywhere. They had to sell tickets. That's what it was, you know, because of they were in all the different territories. In order to to get a paycheck, people had to be there, so you had to sell tickets. So you had to be able to to deliver a promo because that's what you were doing. You were promoting your fight, that event, yourself. They they had to be able to do that, so they would learn it if they didn't have it naturally in one format or another. And it was something you needed to have. And you and you know, there's there's guys from that from that area, you know, from the, from the heyday. Who would say, yeah, you you would still have you had have things that you had to say. You would go out, you know, things that were agreed, but there were more. It was more bullet point format, and you get the impression that NXT is a bit more of that, in more of that style. You know, the old school style. Mm. They do promo classes. They you know they work incessantly and learn to deliver, but <clears throat> they're going out, and it doesn't feel when you're watching NXT. Some of them, yes, they do feel like scripts, but a lot of them, the, the good ones, you don't feel like, like they're just regurgitating a script. They've got some key points that they've got to mention that, that they've got to get across as part of the storyline or whatever that, that they're carrying. But it isn't just, here's, here's my script that I've memorized. Now I'm going to read it out. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's delivering lines that fit, that, that seem legitimately delivered by that character that you can, believe is from that character that that means something and you can get behind uh, and it's yeah it, it definitely I, I think it definitely hampers a lots of talent I, I can even think of people like seth rollins who's you know phenomenal in the ring but as a heel his promos felt more legitimate but as a baby face it took a long while for his promos to really feel like they were him delivering them rather yeah. than he was just saying some stuff and smiling a lot because that's what you're supposed to do when you're a baby face. So the, yeah, I, I, maybe the, a lot of that as well is, you know, that the people writing behind the scenes, how many of them have been involved in the business or really love the business to understand what it is that they're actually trying to get across rather than just script writers, you know, TV writers. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference though, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned, the bridge between NXT and the main t- the main the main shows. And I think NXT you can obviously get away with that stuff on Raw and SmackDown. Um, well, it, it's weird. There's, I think there's two way, there's two ways of looking at it. You can have a, a horrendous promo, or you can have CM Punk pipe bomb. There's, <laughs> it's just it's just risk and reward, isn't it? And I think there's always bad promos. I mean. Bobby Lashley is on Raw. There's always bad promos. Um, but 
if you give if you give Kevin Owens a free mic to Mojo a free mic, and then say sell the next pay per view, do it legitimately, mention your your opponent, whatever, that that'd be a hundred percent better than having Kevin Owens in a ring doing meditation with Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, and yeah, it's just. I think you just got to pick and choose who you script, and I think that, that's the main point of it, because some need it, because they're not very good at it, and that's fine. We've we've got great talents like Cesaro, who's not good at it, and it shouldn't hold him back, and it has. Um, and then we've got great talents who could, who are probably good speakers, but aren't good wrestlers. Uh, I can't think of anyone. Well, I, actually, you know, one guy who was, who was always a great talker, which is Shawn Michaels. Now, yeah. he went out there and clearly... He 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 had no script, and yeah. he's got the power to be able to say, "I am not mm. taking the script and delivering the script." When he went out there more, and that for me was, you know, th- there was probably about three or four minutes of rambling mm. before we started to get anything. Yeah. And and that is, I guess, that is the fear. You know, someone as great as Shawn Michaels could go out there and ramble. Then, then what about someone who's not, you know, the most confident talker? So I can, yeah, from what you're saying, yeah, I can totally understand it to a point. But as long as, again, as long as you have key points that you've got to, to get across, uh, work on it. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, the, these guys, you know, you need, like you say, you go back old school to territories and whatnot. These guys had to do it. It, it had to be done. So there's there's always live events. So what better place to practice than at live events? The dark shows are not televised. What are, is, you know, even if they do it on telly, I mean, a bad promo is a bad promo. It doesn't matter. It, it's not going to affect your long-term ambitions unless it's literally the worst thing ever. Um, but just don't do that. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, I think it's just a risk of reward thing. And um, I, I think WWE television, especially television, I think pay-per-views they do a bit more risky stuff. But on television, they're just they're just safe with everything, and it's a bit boring. Yeah, we we had from Ni- Nigel LFC who's at Nigel uh, W Um was saying about this, you know, all bring back the attitude, let wrestlers do their own thing on the mic. Uh, Storylines will naturally follow. It's all too meh, uh, and and I think that I kind of go back to the point I made earlier was it, it's that feeling of legitimacy rather than you, you know you look. We all know it's predetermined. We all know it's scripted and everything like that. But if it feels natural, it feels real. You know you can suspend disbelief. And I would say you know Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. It's a perfect example of how a storyline that you know they are the best of friends off camera. Everybody knows that in re- you know in real life they are the best of friends, but on camera they are totally believable. That I they are the most hated of enemies. It doesn't feel mm. scripted that these guys are reading scripts, and and it's that feeling of legitimacy and and it's it's it does I think. Promos and maybe booking storylines all fall into it as well. It is that 
that feeling that it does feel legitimate rather than we're just getting some hokey storyline that we know is not real. Yeah, I think when I say if you mention pro wrestling to someone who's not a wrestling fan, you just think, oh, all of this is bullshit. And then you're like, no, it's really good. You could show them Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. It's probably the best example. And be like, okay, this is brilliant. And then you could show them a Bray Wyatt promo. And you're like, yeah, I can't really defend this. <laughs> so it's it's just it it's balancing the strange. It's not even strange. It's the balancing the stupid with the brilliant. And um, what was the example we mentioned before we recorded, Andy? I can't remember. Oh God, I swung that on you. <laughs> don't yeah, don't don't ask me yeah, to remember. Don't ask back. me to remember stuff. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it'll come to us. It'll, it'll come, come to us. Yeah. Memory's not working today, is it? We'll, uh, we'll squeeze a few more in anyway. There's, yeah, there's one here from Ike. Um, I, I'm not even going to try and, and do the, uh, the Twitter handle thing there. Uh, pay, uh, WWE banning so many moves. Now, all the matches look the same because there's about 10 moves that WWE let their wrestlers do. Uh, I've got to say I don't necessarily agree with this one. Because I, I think there is plenty of variety there. And certainly when you watch NXT, you you get a good fair variety. I think there are a few moves that are clearly banned. But I, I think they're kind of banned for, for good reasons, some of them, just because of the risk of obviously the neck injuries and things like that. It was so prominent, wasn't it? You know, so many... So many of the, the top guys through the, you know, the, the early 2000s who were having neck surgeries... You know, late nineties, early two thousands, so many neck surgeries, and I, I guess they don't want premature careers. Yeah, I, I can I can see obviously both points, um, and I, I, I probably I'm probably more on your side with this one, Andy. I think you've got to protect the talent in this reg, in this regard because it only t- well let let's use CM Punk and Ryback. I know he wasn't doing pile drivers or Canadian destroyers and stuff, but you get one idiot who can't throw some bloke through a table, and then you you've put one of your biggest stars. Well, you've injured him pretty much because you threw him on a concrete bloody floor. <laughs> um, it only takes one stupid idiot to do that and. I think, I think the last pile, like proper pile driver I saw on telly was Raw 1000 when it was CM Punk versus John Cena, and it, it felt really special. So I, I, can't, I do agree. There's, there's some, there's, a, there's a lot of oversaturated moves. I think the super kick is probably one of them, seen as 80% of the roster does it. Now. Yes. Um, yes. If Shawn Michaels ever came back, I don't know what his finisher would bloody be. <laughs> um, yeah. The other one for me is that is, and I see this is a, a move that they're allowed to do, and, and I I really don't like seeing it. The, the suicide dive, how many times I've seen people dive through ropes and land at angles that make me <laughs> make me want to remove my the contents of my stomach. Uh, I see them fold up like an accordion, and it's really uncomfortable. Them them some of them suicide dives through the ropes i mean some people can do them and others can't but i feel like we see it too many times it doesn't feel anywhere near as special as that type of risk should be yeah i'm going to use probably the worst like uh, this is going to be a horrendous example but do you remember when chris benoit did it 
and obviously looking back now, it's horrendous that he did it. But he used to feel special when he did it. Obviously, for this bit, just ignore what happened with him, obviously. But nowadays, you see Seth Rollins do it four times in a row in a match. And it's like, do you really have to do that? I don't need to. The the worst... The worst one of them for me is when Charlotte does the moonsault off the top mm, rope to the outside. I hate that. Especially that for on, me, on, on weekly yeah. telly. It's like, yeah. what, what are you doing? That for me, if you're going to do it, it's got to be, it's got to be WrestleMania because that feels just, yeah. there's just too much risk. It's there, like there when Seth does the Phoenix splash. When he, when he gets that out, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's rare. Yeah, I think the suicide. I think I bloody saw Rusev do one a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, we saw Brie Bella that. try to do one uh, twice. <laughs> try to break it her was, neck. <laughs> oh, it was awful. You know, it was done in slow motion and kind of stumbled through the ropes. It looked, it looked dreadful, and it looked painful. It, it's when you see them get the feet caught on the rope, and it's like, yeah, if, if you hit the rope a bit more solid, you would literally just twat the floor. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be doing this on TV. The, when we see uh, Finn Balor do it, you know he clears the ropes. He, mm. he, he's spectacular, you know. He's he, safe. That's yeah. the thing. That that's it. There are some, there you know, and the ricochet. You know, there are some people who are acrobatic and they can they can do these moves so beautifully that you don't feel the risk. But some of these things they are overused, and and it's just some of the unnecessary risk. I don't. I don't the, think it's needed, but it's the it's worst almost one. Like, the worst one for me, sorry to interrupt, Danny. Yeah. Is Biggie the spear through the ropes? Yeah. That looks horrendous. Yeah. And I, I could I could see why they do it on special occasion, but he does it when there's a match that's longer than ten minutes, and it's like, mate, if you just put your head like an inch too far out, you're getting put in a hospital. Don't you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, he's not. Well, he seemingly hasn't hurt himself yet. But that looks like the, probably the most dangerous mover ever. I'm not saying Big E's a bad worker, but it's 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 just a risk that he doesn't need to do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I wonder if, if I is maybe kind of alluding to the, the different sort of the freer style of matches that you see on the indie circuit. You know, obviously there's some guys who are very well known make a very good living from the independent circuit and wouldn't come to WWE because of some of the restrictions of some of the things that they'll do. And, and I've heard people, you know, people say, look, that <laughs> they need to slow down because it looks spectacular, but they're taking 10 years off their career. And, you know, that they're, they're running up. You've only got so many bumps in, in your, in your locker and you can't, you know, if you, if you take all them bumps too soon, you know, your your career's done. You, your body can only take so much. So, I, and I do wonder sometimes some of these risky moves. We keep throwing them and throwing them and throwing them into matches. It's it's almost like rather than actually, you know, work and put together a really technically sound match and tell a story. Use psychology. How we used to how they used to tell stories in the in the in the ring. Rather than do that. We just throw some risky moves out there. Everyone screams. Everyone gets on their feet. Chance, this is awesome. Uh, hmm. And look at that, guys. We've had a great match because look at the crowd. And it's it feels almost you know you know you you I don't know you you go you you throwing out too many finishers. You mentioned that you know like so many super kicks. It's like throwing out finishers after finisher after finisher after finisher after, finisher after near fall near fall near fall. And once you see it so many times, that it it loses its effect. And I think that was the beauty of of so many matches before. Anyway, anyway, I could go on and on about you know the the old school psychology of you know telling a story, building a match up, and then taking the the crowd home. That that's for me. That's what wrestling was really about when you're telling a story rather than just throw loads of things at people and and hope to get a big cheer and a pop. But anyway, I, I'm I'm too old school. Let let's start throwing some uh, some in anyway. Need to get through uh, plenty more. Uh, some from our friend Jason Roberts here. Uh, the PG era. <laughs> I, I know the, um, the the whole attitude era and things uh, come up, and it's a popular one. Um, it, I guess, guy, it's a difficult one, isn't it? To you go back and look at some of the old attitude era stuff. Some of it is when you look at it now, you think, Ooh, uh, yeah. Some of it, we don't need to see likes of, um, as someone mentioned, um, uh, just get to who it was that mentioned. Uh, it was Babu Yagu, Katie Vick. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of the attitude era was fantastic. It was brilliant, but some of it, yeah, it just went a bit too far, really. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was. What, what was it called? The um, aggressive Eva, or whatever the hell it was called. Um, ruthless aggression era. That's what I was in. That was more my era, so I kind of missed the attitude era. Um, but no, I've, I've obviously gone back and seen stuff. I've, I've played the video games that go through the attitude era and stuff like that. And you've got, you've got two, yeah, you said the Katie Vick one, that look, that looks horrendous looking back. 
I, I imagine it was probably worse. At it the was time. horrendous at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got then you've got Mick Foley. Well, you've got Vince McMahon's mission to kill Mick Foley <laughs> by throwing him off every structure in in, in the WWE. I'm I'm sure Mick's just grateful that the Elimination Chamber was he was he was away from WWE before that came in. Um, but yeah, it's the the, the Attitude Era. Was obviously it's obviously the best of of uh, WWE and it won the Monday Night Wars and and stuff like that. But um, I I don't think it would work now to be honest. I think I think there's the, elements of it would. The I, and I think that yeah, that it's that I, I guess the, the slightly more violent. It, it was more violent because you know the hard the, yeah the hardcore. And things like that, mm. but, yeah, but people were smashing each other over the head with chairs and yeah, that, whatnot. You can't do, do that, that now. now. Obviously, yeah. the the awareness of concussion and things like that. That is why the certain moves won't be allowed, and that is why they won't do headshots. So there are elements that you can't bring back, and that they wouldn't bring back, and no one would want them to bring them back. But yeah, the the that feeling of legitimacy, you know, the mm. way it was presented. There's elements of it that would really work today, but then there's elements of it, you know, the sexualization of women, you know, the whole bikini things and stuff like that. It's like, you know, WWE and the whole world has moved on since then. So, you know, there are elements of it that would be out of place and are rightfully out of place now, but there are elements of it that would work. And it's a little bit more risky, you know, that, that you feel that, people are kind of pushing the envelope rather than being safe. So I, I understand the shout, but I think it's kind of, it's that whole thing, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to be more selective of what would really, you know, it's, you know, we look back with rose tinted glasses at times and, and it was, um, it was amazing to be part of and to mm. watch, but some of it would work and some of it would just not yeah, it's, I think you can look at all the eras as well, and I think if you take, I think the fact that it's it's pretty much PG doesn't help. But I think there is aspects of the PG era that are actually quite good, like obviously protecting talents. One of them, let's be honest. And I think the fact that it's it's it cut in the in the main, it's suitable for everyone. Some of it's very kiddish, isn't it? Let's be fair. Some of it's very. CBB, not CBB, it's probably a bit more CBBC rather than uh, stuff like that, but um, when in the PG era, they can get it perfectly sometimes, and it's great but other times, it's oversaturated and seems a bit dumbed down, so I can see why the PG era is probably a bit hated but I think, in all these eras just finding the balance of everything and you're never going to get a TV show a TV show that's weekly it's never going to be good every week, but it just seems it, all of it just seems a bit too much at the minute, and I think that doesn't help. And I know I've, we obviously have the the WhatsApp group, and Jason's obviously in it. He said, I, don't, I think he said a couple of times he, he's not completely up to date with it. And um, well, that's it. I mean, I that, don't blame him to be honest. No, there's well, so much. There's so much. Yeah. And, well, that, um, looking back's easy. Than uh, watching some of the current crap because well, before we came on we mentioned Raw and SmackDown like yeah there's probably one moment to talk about and that's about it. Yeah, uh, and, and what you're talking about oversaturation. I mean that that falls in nicely with a couple of other ones from Jason, and you say you know not fully up to date because 
if you're more of a casual observer, it's mm, difficult it's to keep up to yeah. date because there is so much of it and it's so mm. long. That's it. You know, it mentions Raw being three hours, so many pay-per-views. You know, and Ali Thompson was another one was on with the, you know, the sum, you know, the number of pay-per-views a year. There are just too many. I, for me, myself, I'd, I'd be for around eight pay-per-views a year, about six weeks between the shows, really build them up. Uh, and non, non, None of this four or five hour shows with two hour pre shows, you know, three hour three hour main card. Maybe if you want to do a pre a pre show, fine, an hour tops. Um, but um, WrestleMania four hours, and that's it. You know, it, it stop. You know, extending and extending. It's, it gets too much and it kills. We've you know we've mentioned, haven't we? After so long, it seems to kill the crowd because man, they're just tired. You know, they've been there a long, long time, and it's tiring. thing is, you, at these big papers, obviously people have travelled to the show and stuff like that. And I've only been to one live event, and you pretty much stood up for most of it. <laughs> and that was in, like, a crappy thing in Newcastle, never mind if you're in a big football arena. You're probably going to be stood up for the best part of six hours. <laughs> um yeah, plus more, plus queuing, plus all the yeah, you say travel yeah. and everything else, and you're using up the energy, and it yeah, it just becomes tiring. It really does. It, it's it's a lot to ask, and I think it, it's they it, it need more smarts as to say right, okay, you, you know we need to we need to chop this down. They're gonna give fucking WrestleMania an hour intermission or some shit. <laughs> yeah, just 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 chop it down a bit, be a bit more ruthless with the card and. A, a yeah. bit more towards quality rather than quantity and, and for me I've I always think... said this the three hours of Raw falls into that as well go back to two hours yeah. and make it a damn good show rather than so much because this is the thing is TV and the pay-per-views there's so much filler on there there was four and a half hours of SummerSlam yet there was less than two hours of ring time you know yeah. so over half the show was entrances and fillers so it's it, it's Get, you look at you look at NXT, you know, two to two and a half hour takeover shows, and the vast majority of it is in the ring, is action, and that's what people really come to the shows for, isn't it? Is the takeovers are about the payoff, it's a culmination, it's you work towards that, and WWE main roster pay per views don't really feel like that anymore. Yeah, I think NXT's got. I think I think the best thing for me would be to take an hour off Raw and put an hour on NXT and I think we mentioned it on last show is uh, put 205 live roster in NXT and then you can expand it and then you can make the two hours work um, because I think more people would watch it uh, I think you'd obviously carry over the 205 um, fan base and then Pete, I imagine NXT gets more views than 205 Live, um, and then it'd introduce them into that, and then so on and so forth. Um, but it's just it's just too much. I think you've got an hour of 205 Live, you've got an hour of NXT, you've got two hours of SmackDown, you've got three hours of Raw, and then every three week, every four weeks, you've got a four-hour a four-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, three, th- three like hours, three, four, three hours, and a and a hour of pre-show and then other yeah. ones yeah become four hours become four and a half five yeah I it's just fr- so much content hour, think, isn't it i think three hours is probably good for a, a, one of the smaller pay-per-views 
and then four, maybe four and a half on some of the bigger ones can work, but once you get into the fives and six, this is pre-show, pre-show included, obviously, um, once you get into the fives and six, it's like, that's literally most of my day. I know we watch it, I know our time's like midnight and onwards, but it's li- it literally buggers most of your day because you're sleeping in for the next day. Yeah. <laughs> even think for me, even that only have pre-shows on the four traditional big ones. Mm. Or, or I mean, just nobody. What, what what's going to be a pre-show for? What's one of the shit ones? Fast Lane. Yeah. What? I'm going to watch the cruiserweight title, which deserves more. Well, it shouldn't be big. Well, I'm going to watch a mixed tag match. A, yeah, it shouldn't be Barney. It shouldn't look like Barney the Dinosaur fucking title either. It should just yeah. make it look like the old one. I <laughs> uh, then give it some bloody legitimacy. Um, I say that having not watched two or five live, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I didn't think the I didn't think the big part of Barney the Dinosaur presentation didn't help, to be honest. <laughs> the uh, Barney the Dinosaur Cruiserweight Championship is going in one one. I like that. <laughs> well, it. It should, but well, whilst we're kind of on it, I know we're up to an hour now, and we've only said this will take 40 minutes. Yeah. Do you think Drake Maverick, or Rockstar Spud, as he's probably more known as, um, being with AOP is hinting that they're going to move 205 Live away? Because he obviously was general manager. I, I don't know, quite possibly, but that looked awful. Him in the suit, it looked. It didn't look great. It, he looked it? like a child. Um. Yeah, that that he should was, have just been in a suit. Yes, he should have been in a suit. Yes, that looked terrible. Uh, it was not delivered very well at all. Uh, pretty poor. J- just before we do quickly move on, a couple a couple here from from shouts of that attitude era one that I forgot to mention as well. One from Wildlife and, and Wine. Uh, May Young giving birth to a hand, which was Mark Henry sexual chocolates baby. Before my time, thank God. Um, yes, there's another one from the Attitude Era that I don't need to see again. That was awful. I hated it at the time. I cringed. Um, one for, another one from Babu Yagu. Uh, Trish, Stat- Ch- uh, Trish Stratus barking like a dog. <laughs> again, what? yeah, they, these are, these were the kind of things where they were pushing the envelope and they sometimes they over pushed it and it was just, you look back now and you think, what the hell? Um, I throw a couple more at you. Sam Maguire, the legend that is Mr. Sam Maguire. Brock Lesnar. Uh, one one for you, because I, obviously he's, he's had a, you know, a storied career and, and he does bring the legitimacy, but the Brock Lesnar of recent, what year, two years? Would, would how far back would you go to one one? When did he win the title back? Oh, he won it off Goldberg, didn't he? Yeah, so about eight, well, nearly 18 months ago. Yeah, probably about then. That's been awful since then. But, in, well, to be fair, in that time, he's had some good feuds. There's not many... Well, he's had some good matches as well, to be fair. It's just... it's just, I think it's just too long, isn't it? Yeah. So, would, would you agree with Sam? The Brock Lesnar of now, that's it. We don't... We, WWE doesn't need that anymore. I'd agree it doesn't need it anymore, but I don't think he needs to be put in a room 101 because I think he has a spot, but they just need to use him a bit more cleverly and not have him in the title picture. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Um, last couple then, and and this will bring us to our conclusion. Jason Robertson uh, adds in, 
Bobby Roode as a face. I am totally, yeah. totally on with that. And uh, yeah. Bobby Roode and and Chad Gable as a tag team. And I was waiting for them for Bobby Roode to turn on him. I thought that's what we were getting. No, we're just getting a cringy tag tag team and um, the use of Bobby Roode since he was called up from NXT. This um, falls in nicely. <laughs> Uh, with one that we both, we, you know, we were both going for, and that is how NXT call-ups have been used. By and large, the vast majority, it's just awful, awful. So how how do we say how do we put this guy? Because you can't really say NXT call-ups to go in room one or one, because it's not the call-ups, is it? It's just simply the the booking of NXT call-ups. The misuse of t- well, the fucking hell! You could just you could just put that in any in any regard. Um, but it seems especially. I think, I think maybe it's because of failure. The failure to get over fresh talent, to be yeah. honest, because you've seen. Well, I think Finn's probably a bad example because he was obviously Universal Champion and injured, and then he's been fighting a losing battle since. Yeah, now he just—he's that guy who turns up and smiles in only every week at Baron Corbin, and yeah. we see Finn Balor and Baron Corbin fight every week. Yeah, yeah. yeah Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin—that needs to be in one on one. Yeah, that needs setting on fire. Um, but uh, Bobby Roode's probably the best example. Um, he was very. Well, he was very effective in NXT, and I, I, I think it's fair to say not many people probably expected him to be a main main roster talent, uh, a main event talent when he got called up. But why would you call up who a heel and then change him to face? Yeah, and change his character. Yeah, why? Well, I, I don't get that. No, he he was he was one of the best characters yeah. on NXT, and then he yeah. changed it. He's a, he's a very solid say, worker. He's not not he's not the world's greatest wrestler, but he's yeah. a he's a very good worker. He's a solid wrestler. He's a really good technician. He's a, he's a veteran. He knows his stuff. He he's not a babyface. He's never been a babyface really. He's he's a very good heel. He's always been a very good heel. And mm. when you when he's a heel, you give him a microphone. He's very good at it as well. And that character yeah. he had on NXT, it was perfect. But this does this really kind of show up the differences of how effective and how well produced and put together and written and everything else that NXT is compared to WWE main roster. And does, does it really kind of throw up the difference in the, the viewer experience? Yeah, I think, I think there's, I think there's two ways. I think there's two things you can look at. I think it's easier to manage NXT because it's obviously a smaller, um, roster and stuff like that and you can plan it out for ages and stuff like that whereas on the main roster you're planning weekly television every live television should say and you've got to you've got to be prepared for fan reaction whereas on nxt it's great what full sale is but full sale you can pretty much guess what the reaction is going to be can't you Whereas on 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 W on WWE television, you're travelling around the country. Say one week you're in Chicago, your faces are getting destroyed. Then next week you're in the middle of America in Ohio or somewhere like that, and your faces are getting the reaction. So I think it's a lot harder to manage uh, mm. NXT. But do you think but do you think the thing not... there is that 
NXT is very smart. It knows what it is yeah. and it knows what to use. And it's smart in how it gets the best out of what it has. Whereas yeah, I, I, the, the main roster is not very smart at all. Yeah, I think that's the best way of putting it. I think NXT is a lot easier, is an easier job. But the main roster bookers and higher ups aren't helping the talent. No, Whereas but in NXT, it's, it's just, uh, it just seems more clever. Yeah, I mean, sorry, but it's like, it, in NXT, I mean, obviously, yeah, it is easier to manage in, in what they have, but if you booked NXT like the main roster, can you imagine getting the reactions that you get at NXT? Kinda. No, I I don't I don't think you will because I I just think if you, if it was so sort of slapdash and it was so so popper orientated and whatnot, people it they just wouldn't take to it. It would feel like like two or five mm. to me, and and, and I, I don't think I don't think it would hit the notes. I think it's NXT works because it's different. And it's more of an old school feel to it, and it's more simplistic, and it's and that for me is smart. That the you know rather than overcomplicating things and you know too convoluted, it keeps things you know very very simple, and it, and it works. It's such a great formula, and I think obviously you get to the main roster and things have you know there will be some changes, but I, I do think that there's too much. They try to be too intricate at times. And uh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, it, there's just too many, uh, chefs in the kitchen or whatever cliche you want to use, you know, there's, there's too many people trying to get too their storylines across. Too many chefs spoil the broth or whatever the hell yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird one because obviously we watch the weekly television, but sometimes it is a chore. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I think it doesn't help that. Quite a lot of our favourites are the victims of this horrendous booking, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if someone was really big fan of Roman Reigns, it'd be like, "Yeah, this is great." Whereas we're like, "Oh, yeah, fucking." Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they helped Roman Reigns myself. I'd... No, but if you really liked him and you liked his character, you're just like, "Yeah, he wins every week, grand." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we've covered an awful lot there, Guy. We have so many different subjects. Have you got anything else left to to chuck in 101? Oh, I should have mentioned it at the time, but I think the streak ending, uh, the Undertaker streak, that is, that was completely wasted, in my opinion. Um, I think that has to go in room 101. And I, think, I don't think Brock needed it, to be honest. Um, I think he... Brock was obviously a legitimate badass for so long. He didn't need to beat the streak, and as soon as that match was made, I think it would have been. Stu- I think it would have been stupid for Brock not to win, because well, he he could like kill everybody in the company with ease. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the way it was used and it didn't get a big payoff at all. Um, it took what three years for him to lose properly to someone that wasn't Goldberg uh, that's pretty shit so I would it would have made sense for me to it would have made sense if well if the plan was Roman uh, I think it would have been better if Roman beat Taker or 
well, even CM Punk the year before probably would have been better, but hindsight, CM Punk was a bit of a dick. Um, so maybe one of the younger talents, Bray Wyatt, probably not retrospectively. Oh, God. Imagine imagine Daniel Bryan beating the streak or something like that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just it's just a shame what could have been. I mean, let, if we use Bray Wyatt, imagine if he beat the streak, that would have been him set for life. And um, I, I reckon I reckon Moore's just turned off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I would I wouldn't have done that myself, but yeah, yeah, I just, just use it as an example, but because yeah. obviously he fought him afterwards. But say if one of the younger talents beat him, yeah, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, etc. If one of them beat him, would have set for life. Whereas Brock Lesnar. He was already set for life because he was he was good in his first run and then went on to be a, a multi uh, sport or multi media star. Didn't he? Or the yeah, he's it. a legitimate. Everyone knows he's a legitimate fighter. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, the streak is your final. My final one would be um, Vince turning into Arsene Wenger and just being too <laughs> stubborn. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, the the genius that became too stubborn for his own good. Anyway, that, there's so 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 many. I guess we, we could go on. We could we could uh, we we could have probably another hour of uh, all these, but we we've got to come to a close. So that's it for this uh, uh, episode of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel, uh, episode 101. Uh, we do hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much to everyone who sent their suggestions in. Um, it, you are partly what makes the show. So thanks to you, Guy. Uh, we should be back next week, ready to preview uh, Hell in a Cell. Looking forward to that one, Guy. Already? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I Give think me it's, a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think. Well, I think some of the matches are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to it. I think it, it's. <laughs> a, we'll get to it, but I think I think it'll be fun because Hell in a Cell normally is. But I think some of the other. I think some matches should have been Hell in a Cell and some shouldn't. Um, so yeah, you... I think I think it'll be good. So as you can tell, we're excited. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be next week. But until then, from us here at the uh, the Pro Listening Index, it's thank you all for listening and bye bye now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.